Let's get ready to rumble. Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug Pickin and I'm here with the boys JK, BMAC and Billy. This week we chat to Shane Gates who is currently playing in Japan for the NTTCOM Shining Arcs. Let's go! Nice tubes. Nice tubes. Welcome nice. back. Uh, it's been a week off, eh? But I think it did us a bit of good. Um, we were a bit busy last week because of uh, our third and fourth playoff, but we're back. We got a special guest in Shane Gates, and just good to be back, eh? How are all the boys doing? Yeah, good. It's good to be back. Good to be back and see all the boys. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Feeling a bit kinky, mate. Nice. So a bit down from last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nah, got a lot of energy now, to get up, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you sound so yeah, yeah. kinky. Yeah. Shuffle the beers, shuffle the beers. Yeah, um, heaps of energy in that intro. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, tubes? Yeah, I'm always kinky, eh? Nice, nice. Um, really? We got uh, Gatesy waiting there, so we uh, just add him in. Then yeah, we need a bit of Gatesy's energy. Um, yeah. Probably stretching now. Yeah, get us up, Gatesy. Yeah, yeah, nice. Get you up. Gatesy. Oh, Doug's on. G'day. Uh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing, bro? Oh, no. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. I'm very well, thanks. How are you guys doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, better now that we got the goat, the South African goat on, eh? Now, listen, the one thing you do not want to do is lie to your viewers <laughs> straight up. Now you're trying to build a fan base here. Let's tell them the truth. <laughs> <laughs> it's the humble South African oh, nice. looking for an opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> They're such a polite person, mate. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Katie, um, where, how's everything been going at NTTCOM? You, you've been back playing a few good games this season, eh? Like, been watching your guys' games and you've been starring. Oh, it's, yeah, we, 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 we started off quite well. Um, but things are, things are really good. First and foremost, um, the coaches are good. The environment's good. Um, there's a new facility that they've built over here maybe about two or three years ago, which is which is really good. So it's a good place to be and a good place to play rugby. So I've been enjoying it. And yeah, like you said, it's been it's been really special to get uh, back on the field, obviously, after such a long after such a long journey. So yeah, no, it's been I've just been enjoying playing rugby, to be honest. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, because I've been to um your uh, facilities, the NTT Convert. They're just like world class. Eh? They're um. It's amazing. Have you been there, Tubes? Yeah, uh, yeah, we did a couple of camps there for for the teams I was playing with. Um, it's pretty unreal. Like, oh, compared to the to some of the facilities that you've been around at the work, like in Australia, I reckon it's it's quite up there. Gate you reckon? Like you, you, you guys had I the All Blacks so. there during the World Cup, or something? We did. We had we had the All Blacks. I think we had England and South Africa came down there. I think oh. I think South Africa prepared the. I think the week of the final as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But now I think that the company just decided that, you know, they they put some money into building a facility. I think primarily it might have been to host those to host those countries for for the World Cup. But um, now we're lucky. Eh? It's a it's an awesome spot. Yeah, it's pretty unreal. Eh? You got the what's it called? You guys got like an eating area which a lot of teams don't have. Mm. You know, we, we're still eating 
at the park still. <laughs> um, you guys got a nice gym. Yeah, we got the uh, we got the the hot bath and the cold oh. bath. We we have a sauna as well, which wow. the boys enjoy. There's nothing better than other other big weekend off the field. Just to climb in there on the Monday after the training and just sweat out all the sins and. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good spot, man. We we're super lucky, bro. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, just a bit of context. I met you um, a couple of years ago when you were playing for Sunnies. Um, but I guess you there you uh, it wasn't like the best season. You know, a bit unlucky with injuries and stuff. But and look, it's good to see you back on the field and. Really like enjoying your footy and um, yeah, pretty much just dominating all the highlights from that top league. So uh, yeah, it's good to see. No, yes, it was awesome. I I, I don't regret anything about the the Sunny's experience. Jeez, it was it was just awesome getting a, a whole bunch of different guys from different cultures and you know maybe certain guys that maybe hadn't cracked it in other teams and wanted to come together and just be part of something and prove themselves and and make that next step. Now it was awesome and we had. We had uh, we had coaches that knew how to have fun on and off the field, so they encouraged they encouraged a, a really cool culture that we all built. So it was yeah, it was a good it was a really cool learning experience for me. Um, you know, rubbing shoulders with some of those guys, but obviously, yeah, like you said, it didn't it didn't end in the best way. But geez, there were for the short stint that I was there, I did enjoy it. it was it was awesome, and it was just good to play rugby again. And yeah. It, what made me fall in love with the game in the first place was just, you know, everything off the field and meeting new people and just interacting with different cultures and all that stuff. It was, it was awesome. Nice man. You're a good boy. <clears throat> just so wholesome. Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, we'll go back. If you don't mind, we'll go back to uh, where it all started um, with, uh, yeah. yeah, how you got into rugby and stuff. And um, I think you're our first South African guest, so it'll be interesting to see like what kind of pathway you had and how you ended up making your way to Japan. But um, yeah, what were you like uh, as a young guy? Uh, how was your rugby career and how did that start? Um, I was I was a really really competitive kid. Um, so you know, if 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 I wasn't the fastest or if I wasn't scoring the most tries or whatever, I was really sort of bratty in a way. Um, not 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 happy. I would get sent home from training for swearing at the coaches or something. And and I mean, I was maybe six, seven, eight years old and yeah, I was yeah. throwing swear words that most little youngsters probably shouldn't know. And um, I'd come through, my mother would maybe have to pick me up at what, four, four thirty, but I'd walk through the door at about three o'clock and she's like, What happened? I was another coach sent me home again. And um, so now I was real competitive, which was good, but also bad in that, in a sense. But I started real young, my, my father and obviously, you know, South Africa, like New Zealand, Australia have a massive rugby culture. So they got me into it real early. Um, I, I was doing the haka. I actually have a video. It's probably my grandfather's <laughs> pride and joy. I actually, I was doing the haka since I was still in nappies. Wow. Um, and yeah, he played the video at my 21st, but I didn't know the words to it, but I was doing the like real awkward, like, you know, I wasn't doing it perfectly, but it was just watching games, singing along with anthems and all that sort of stuff. So that's where the passion really started. And uh, yeah, I didn't really, I never really went to the best rugby schools. Um, I just went to the local school. We, we, we were, we played in a sort of lower league than all the other, than all the other private schools. And 
and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, my, my break actually came pretty late. Um, well, pretty late in terms of the South African schoolboy system. Cause I think once you play uh, age group rugby there at a provincial level starts at like maybe 12 years old already. So you're playing for the under 12s, then you move up to 14, uh, 15, 16, 18. And I hadn't made any of those provincial sides until I was um, in my last year of high school. Oh, wow. And um, oh, it was sort of a, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was an interesting time. I, I was just a guy that, that thought that maybe I wouldn't make rugby, that rugby wouldn't be a career for me. So maybe that took a little bit of pressure off me when it came to the bigger stages, because I, I didn't put too much pressure on myself. It wasn't all or nothing. Um, um, but I ended up having a, a, a good tournament at the, at the national tournament and got scouted for the, for the local um, side, the, the Southern Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I played about, yeah, I played about, I played there for about five and a half seasons. Um, yeah. I, I, and what uh, what basically brought me to Japan was just um, we we had experienced um, quite a lot of um, issues at the at the Southern Kings. Um, you know, it was a union that struggled financially, and and um, we had a we had an ex president or a CEO over there that um, was done for tax evasion and uh, money laundering. Oh wow! Um, the so we basically spent about I think about seven or eight months where our players weren't paid their salaries and. And things like guys were selling cars, selling furniture, like um, just to pay rent and all that stuff. It was just real oh, difficult wow. to go through. But uh, and that sort of opened my eyes, I guess, just to say that you know rugby is not forever. And you know, um, then uh, yeah, I just I spoke to my agent and and asked him if we could maybe look overseas. But I never I never ever thought that Japan would be an option. I thought Japan would save for guys like Will and. Oh, you know, all the big dogs, you know, I, I thought maybe I could crack a, a second or third division in, uh, in France or, uh, something like that. But, um, I, I guess, uh, the coaches at NTTcom like what they saw, they were obviously looking for a certain kind of player. And I was just really lucky that, that, uh, that's what they were potentially looking for and ended up, um, when we were on, we were on a super rugby tour in, uh, in New Zealand and we were down in, um, in uh, Christchurch and we were staying on, on that golf course there. I, don't, I can't remember what the name of that, but all the super rugby sides, I think stay on a golf course over there. And yeah, yeah. I remember um, Rob Penny was, was our coach at the time and, uh, or sorry, the coach of NTT. And he just popped me a message saying, oh, do you mind having a chat today? And I thought it was over the phone. Um, so I was like, no, for sure. Like we can have a chat and, He's like, oh, sweet! I'll be there in 10, 15 minutes. So it turns out he was he was on holiday um, with the off season in Japan, and yeah, yeah. we had a really nice chat. And he just got to know me, and I got to know him, and the rest is the rest is history. Wow, what a career! Oh, so yeah, like it's pretty crazy. Um, how you said like it was a bit uh, late for you to come into those systems and stuff, but um, mm. yeah, I guess like. Once you were in there, you just started um, starring enough that people from around the world were, you know, wanting to sign you up, which, um, yeah, you must have been doing something right. But I guess uh, at the moment you're playing uh, in the centres, but is that where you always played as a kid or um, did you move around in positions as you were growing up? I um, So I, basically, I started my career at Scrum Off, 
Um, and then I moved to winger. Um, and then I played a little bit of flank. And then um, as I got older, I moved into fly half and I spent most of most of my time at fly half oh, up until I was about maybe, I think, yeah, basically, basically un- up until my high school year. So when I, when I went for the provincial trials, the, uh, the, f- the fly off that had played for the provincial team had played there the year before. Yeah. And there were quite a lot of, um, you know, I mean, I don't mean to speak ill of the player, but he, he maybe wasn't having the best season at the time, but the selectors had already said, well, listen, he's, he's played here last year and, you know, he's going to probably play again. So, Either you move to inside center, or you're probably not going to make it um, at ten. So I yeah. shifted to inside and basically never looked back. Oh wow, nice! And I guess is that a position now that you've been playing it a while uh, that you enjoy? Are you happy with that move, or uh, do you wish you know you were uh, still at ten? Oh no, no, ten is way too much responsibility. <laughs> I especially the kicking came just diminished over the years. Just yeah. You know, it's, it's like anything. If you're not going to put time into it, you're just not going to, you're just not going to reap the rewards. But no, the kicking game is not there at all. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed 12. It's, it's, uh, it is what got me here. But um, we, we had a foreigner. Um, obviously, we, we all sort of know what the foreign policies and, and stuff are here in Japan. Yeah. Um, Bracken, Bracken Henry, who I've, I've learned a lot from, he's, he's, a, he's a wonderful man. Um, he was playing at outside center and we had quite a good uh, Japanese 12 at the time. So um, the coaches just decided that it would just be easier on the team if I just went to 13 and then Bracken and I could just do a straight swap being from foreigner to foreigner. So then I just started playing 13 for the first time and, and you know, getting used to it. And, and killed it. Um, no, geez. No, <laughs> it took a while, especially defensively. Like, um it's a little bit different from from twelve, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I've just I've, I'm still learning and I'm still I'm still growing, I guess, and still trying to fit into it. But but yeah, I, I do enjoy thirteen. It's a it's a little bit more um, space to run and just have ball in hand. Whereas twelve, you got to do a little bit more of the hard yards. I don't I don't mind doing it, but it, yeah, I, I'd I'd rather I'd rather play thirteen to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Shay guys, bro, Joe Kamana here. Um, just wondering, because uh, you've been to a, a few teams, uh, what is it, Southern Kings, uh, the Sunwolves, and uh, currently at NCT Com. Just wondering, um, out of those teams, uh, which which team would have the uh, best culture? You'd think. Oh, I, th- I think. Um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit slack of me to say, but the I was only at the Sunwolves for two months, but that was something I really, really enjoyed. Um, just, just like I said, like earlier, just a whole bunch of different cultures coming together, fighting for something, and like someone you might have just met two weeks ago, and you're sharing the field with them, and all of a sudden you're fighting for the same thing, and all that. So it was real special. The coaches also made sure that the off the field was was just as special, you know. Um, yeah. Obviously, we we had our backs against the wall, you know, from the start in in terms of uh, lack of preparation. And things like that, and the coaches never really made us made us feel bad about that. They, I think, they understood it, and they were just they'd be happy with the performance that we'd put up. Um, you know, if we if we had lost badly or lost 
pretty marginally or, or one, I think their reaction was the same, you know, it's just, let's get off and let's start building relationships. Let's have a beer or let's, let's do whatever we have to do. And that was, that was an awesome culture. Really. I, it was, yeah, I wish I could have stayed a little bit longer just to be a part of it. And I was, I was learning a lot from, from the coaches as well, Tony Brown and Scott Hansen um, and Marty, um, Tony Brown's um, younger brother, Corey, or older brother, younger brother. Is he older? I think younger, but hey, you're not putting me on the yes. either, I did not want to insult any of the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Now it was an awesome culture, man. It was, it was yeah. really good. They just got the, they just got the balance right of, of, you know, working hard, playing hard, and then, you know, Drink off hard. the field, just, get, just getting that NCL. It was awesome, man. I, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Uh, it was pretty like um, you had to kind of get that off-field stuff right, because eh? you're just together 24-7, um, always touring, always in a hotel kind of pretty much for six months. So uh, if you don't get yeah, that. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Doug, you know, I mean, between we probably had about, I mean, the two months that I was there, we probably had about three or four translators. And then, you know, one week there's a new player in one week that's two players out and three yeah. more players in and it's just you know just hop on the train you know we're all going in the same direction get on let's enjoy this and yeah it was it was it was really awesome eh? nice nice but yeah i guess uh going back before we go too much into the um sambal stuff uh how was it when you first got to japan with ntdcom and like uh, was it quite hard going into a new culture with a new language and stuff, or did you just fit into that straight away? Oh, it, was, it was scary, which I think everyone hopefully experiences. But um, I think I had dealt with a, quite a few frustrations back in South Africa, just obviously with the the financial things and and the maybe the more political side that that us as South Africans experience. Um, so I was I was ready. I knew I d- I didn't really know too much about the culture or what I was coming to. I had a few conversations with, with guys that I knew they all said, Japan is awesome. They all said, go for it. You'll enjoy it. You'll love it. And they went wrong. Like as soon as I got here, I I was lucky enough to have some, some older heads around me that had been here and done that guys like Bracken and Isaac Ross who had been here for, I think seven or eight years at the time. And they just, they just made it so easy. Just took me under their wing, showed me everything, showed me that life here is is exactly the same as you know what it could be at home you know milk is still milk and bread is still bread and all that sort of stuff i think once you start answering those questions you're like oh, okay you know everything's going to be all right like yeah, yeah. you might not be able to read it or you might not be able to understand most of it but yeah and then uh, I, like i think i was just i was ready which maybe helped which maybe helped um to adjust but in saying that i had a lot of i had a lot of good guys around me that supported me and that helped a lot as well though nice nice yeah because i guess um like it's quite hard coming into that new culture especially um like with a lot of people who come over here probably can't speak the language and um you know that can be a big hurdle like you said there's things that you just take for granted back home that because you can't read what it says it just makes it a whole different um challenge but i guess on the field was the rugby quite different to what you were used to with the kings in south africa Obviously, naturally, the, the language barrier was obviously different from the start. But um, I love the way that I love the way that NTT played. I mean, I think back in South Africa, they play a more of a physical game, and and yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm the one of the bigger centres around. So I've always had to try and 
use footwork or use agility or something like that. So I was just I was just happy to come to a team that played a little bit more expansively and tested their skills a little bit more. Um, I felt like within the first five or six months, my skills were tested more, I guess, than ever before. And I was grateful for that. It was a really nice adjustment. I actually enjoyed it. Nice, nice. Uh, it's BMAC here. Um, just, you've obviously played a lot of rugby probably throughout your career. So is there any game for you that sticks out as like a, a memorable one, you know, like something that a game that, you know, you probably played really well or you've enjoyed the most out of any of them? I think, I think um, uh, my the Super Rugby debut was, was pretty special. Um, we had, I think we had just taken, we just took 75 uh, the previous week against the Waratahs. Um, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, I was probably about the fifth or sixth choice center at the time. Hmm. Um, I got cut pretty early from the squad, but I think after a performance like that, the coach was quite upset. <laughs> um, so he just rang the changes and we ended up playing the Highlanders the following week uh, in Port Elizabeth and um, yeah, we, I'm, I came on pretty early, which I mean, obviously, is unfortunate for the the centre that was playing. I think he he had an AC AC joint injury or something, and he came off after about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So ended up having quite a bit of time on the park, and we ended up winning, which was awesome. Um, and then a probably a promotion relegation game as well. Um, it was. I think I was I wasn't I wasn't set to to play the game. I think I was still third in line, and um, our centre picked up a freak injury, broke his hand in training. I think someone just stood on it by accident and ended up breaking his hand, and that sort of propelled me into the into the starting squad. But it was a it was just a full stadium uh, in my hometown with people I grew up with and family and friends and all that sort of stuff and yeah to to have a full stadium like that i don't think i've played in a in a more sort of electrifying atmosphere and as a youngster um yeah i was i didn't have anything to lose but that was that was pretty special as well eh? yeah nice nice well, it's definitely uh, awesome is that yeah. is b mac is that uh big mac or no nah, b, b mac <laughs> just b mac because my last name nothing, starts with max sir nothing to do with maccas oh yeah nah but on, on my last name, we'll go to your last name. Are you related to Bill Gates by any chance? Oh, fuck. That is a question I've grown up with a lot. No, my dad always, my dad always says that, no, nah, we, we we don't like him anymore and we don't speak to him and we sort of like <laughs> him. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the dad joke. You, know, a lot of people, you get a lot of people that ask you about it and you sort of develop a premeditated answer to it. You know? <laughs> Just had to clear that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now we know. So how long's the podcast been going for, Doug? Uh, when did we start? A couple of months ago, eh? Um, yes, I think see. you'll be about uh, episode fourteen or fifteen or something like that. So uh, it's been okay. going well. Um, we've had quite a few guests on from a few different clubs, but I think you're the first one from NTTcom and first one from South Africa as well. So it's an honour to have you on as our uh, yeah first guy from uh, South Africa. Hundred percent. The boys. Getting set really low. You guys can look through. <laughs> <laughs> We're just uh, scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Um, I think we got. No, no. I think we got Mikey to look here next week. Um, how, how's he going over there? Oh, Mike is Mike is doing really well. He uh, he had a, a good stint um, over at Japan Sevens yep, for a yep. couple of months. Uh, I think he learnt a lot there. Um, 
you know, in terms of skill. And obviously he'd mentioned the fitness is quite grueling. Yeah. Um, some of the sessions he used to describe were just unreal. Like yeah, I yeah. just couldn't think of anything. But uh, no, he's doing really, really well. He's developing and and um, he's such a good guy to be around. He's a, he's a good man for the team, eh? And um, been playing a lot of golf with him, actually. Um, so he's gotten into golf now. And but geez, I don't think you've ever seen a more aggressive golf swing in your life. <laughs> holy, holy. No, he tries to murder everything. But uh, no, he's a good man. He's a good man. I'm enjoying it. Nice. Um, and then... Also, uh, I'm good mates with you guys, translator Josh. Um, looking at his Instagram, it looks like he's uh, enjoying that golf as well. But does he go and play with you guys as well? Yeah, he he's he's mostly doing um, the bookings and stuff for us. Yeah, yeah. He's got himself. He's he's actually got himself a a friend who's I think a semi professional. Oh, so, wow. you know, we we might not see Josh for two or three weeks, and he comes and <laughs> like kills, kills it on the golf course. And meanwhile, he's he goes and has like private lessons and stuff, maybe like 40, 50 minutes away and all of a sudden comes and kills it. But um, no, he's improved a lot. He's improved a lot. He's good. Yeah, classic this, classic Josh, you know. Um, he, he's got all the contacts. He's got all the uh, skills yeah. to be able to, yeah. Uh, he, he knows how to talk moves, his way into those opportunities, you know. So no, He moves his, He moves under the radar. Silent. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I guess it's the first time you would have had a translators you coming to japan but um how was it i guess talking to those japanese players and japanese coaches and stuff and did you struggle with that first uh not being able to communicate unless it's through a translator i i did definitely and i think i think what frustrated me as well is is you know i think we've all maybe had a brush with with how kind japanese people are and how respectful they are and um you know just how thoughtful they are to 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 their fellow human being and all that sort of stuff. And what frustrated me was not being able to maybe talk to these guys and get to know them on a more personal level or a deeper level. And like, what, what makes, what makes this person tick or what, what is this guy thinking, you know, like, cause that sort of behavior is, is something we can all sort of learn from as a society. And like, I always just thought like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of honesty and respect and integrity that I'd love to take home and, you know, um, like teach my family or, or tell them about it. And that, I think that's what frustrated me as well. Cause these guys were so kind, even though I maybe couldn't speak Japanese and their English wasn't great, but you could just tell that these guys were, they were just, you know, completely different from anyone I'd ever met. And I think that was quite frustrating in the beginning, just not being able to, to really get to know them because they'd been so kind to me, especially and to everyone that, that they cross paths with and stuff like that. But slowly as my Japanese has improved, I've been able to, you know, have a bit of banter with them or like talk a little bit, a little bit more and, and find out who they are and all that. So that's been, that's been really rewarding. Nice. Um, yeah. Cause you got here, when was it? 2016. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So July. Yeah. Been here uh, quite a while now. So your Japanese must be, you know, getting up there now. Eh? I'm trying, I'm trying my best. I'm preparing to hopefully, go for the the passport test in in july nice, nice so just been sort of sitting down with the with the japanese um teacher of my new core um we're just going over like mock tests and learning about all the fruits and vegetables and animals and all that sort of stuff so no i hope it i hope it goes well yeah, i hope yeah. it goes well how's the old kanji going for you it's hard man yeah. it is hard when one thing can mean so many different things depending yeah. on like where it are 
Jeez. I just have to try and learn the basics, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been studying kanji for the last few years and, um, yeah, it's probably the hardest thing. That and kego, or the polite, like, way of speaking in Japan, it just oh, changes guess, everything. Yeah. But Yeah, because you, you'll, I'll have a lesson, I'll have a lesson with my, with my teacher and we'll do the polite, the polite sort of speech and stuff like that and go straight downstairs and try and use that. But then the boys will be like, no, man, don't, don't say that. Just, <laughs> just say this. And then like those habits start kicking in. And then you're next thing, you know, you're talking to the boss of the company and you're throwing slang around and you yeah. don't even know that you, that you're maybe being disrespectful. Or you don't mean to be or yeah. Yeah. Um, geez, yeah. Dangerous. <laughs> um, I think like most uh, Japanese guys, if they see that you're making an effort, even if, you're saying something that might be like disrespectful if you're a native Japanese person. Like just you speaking Japanese is probably showing that you really respect them enough to try and learn the language. So I think, um, yeah, yeah. they probably won't uh, mind it too much, but that's something I've struggled with in press conferences and stuff. I like, you just gotta, if I speak with slang, then it's pretty much the coach is speaking with that as well. So I just gotta yeah, try and make him that. sound, you know, good, which, I don't really do that well at the moment, but I think I translated for tubes the other day and um, it was the first time I've had to do one for a press conference in, in ages and I was just, yeah, oh, I just, you know, I couldn't speak at all and made tubes sound like an idiot. So sorry, sorry, uh, Billy. Billy. No, nah, you did well, bro. <laughs> you did really well. Cheers. Um, I guess that's, that's also another thing is, is being sort of open enough just to, just to make mistakes and, at least just give it a try and stuff. That's how, that's how I learn with my teammates and stuff like that. If I learn something upstairs or something like that, I'll just try and go downstairs and use it on them straight away. Even if I'm just asking them what size shoe do you wear or whatever, even if it's something like that, but just willing to sort of put yourself out there, make mistakes and they, they'll correct you and, and my teammates and coaches and all that stuff have helped me and all that sort of stuff. So I think that, that, that played a big role in, in, in learning the language and stuff, just being able to sort of being ready to to speak, even though you're going to make mistakes, but knowing that hopefully at the end of the day, you'll learn something. Hey, nice. Um, and a few of those beaters, the beers uh, help with that as well. Eh? What's the fuel? <laughs> <laughs> you dig into the deep vocabulary that you never knew was there. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I think it was one of the operations apparently um i don't remember too much but just before they put me under um i think i was still a little bit groggy yeah um apparently my the doctor who, who speaks um english really well he he mentioned that i was having a full conversation with everyone in the room and saying that all in japanese as well which well, i just don't remember but yeah it was it was quite a funny story nice nice That's impressive man. yeah <laughs> it means it's there just uh yeah, yeah. nice I guess all these boys, um, like JK's been here. I think this is your sixth year in Japan, eh? Yeah, sixth year. Um, now, yeah. and Toops has been here for a long time as so, well. Uh, Brody, this is uh, coming up two years as well, eh? Mm, so, yeah. um, all the boys are working hard with their Japanese, but, um, I guess it just makes it easier when, like you said, you can use it after you've learned something, you can test it. And, um, that's one thing that makes it hard learning the language overseas. You don't have the opportunity to try it and, um, I guess see if what you're saying actually you know, um, if the Japanese guys can understand what you're saying and stuff. So it definitely yeah, helps. Helps. Definitely. Yeah. It helps with practice and stuff to be able to practice on someone or 
and someone that's going to hopefully help you and stuff. Like you said, yeah, some, something you get in other countries and we're lucky to have it. Nice, nice. Um, but, yeah, I guess you played over here for a few seasons and obviously impressed and um, Brownie came calling, uh, got you into the Sunwolf setup. Uh, talk us through uh, that. You've already talked a bit about that, but uh, how was that season with the Sunwolves? No, it was awesome. I mean, thank you for... Thank you to Will for maybe taking a bit of a break and oh, here he is. opening up the spot. <laughs> taking um, some leave. <laughs> no, it was it was awesome, eh? It was a great opportunity. It was nice to get back into Super Rugby. I think it had been three years, um, so it was it was really cool. It was a new challenge, and yeah, I'd I'd, I'd like to think that um, I was really open to it and open to meeting new people and open to learning from new coaches and just take everything on and all that sort of stuff. I think that really helped me and, and made the whole thing so much more enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And, yeah, like we touched on, it's a real uh, unique situation that Sunnies have. They've got a lot of traveling they got to do, and even when they're in Japan, it's just all, you know, hotel life. But uh, mm. I guess what was your biggest or your most favorite memory from that? It can be on the field, off the field, but what's the most memorable moment for you and that Sunwolves uh, year? That is a good question. Probably probably the first game, I'd say. Okay, we were we were playing in Singapore in front of about 320. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I don't think the stadium was too packed yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time. But, no, it was just a culmination of everything coming together, all the, the pre-season and, and um, all the hard work everyone put in and all that stuff. And, yeah, just to go out for the first game was, was really cool. And to be part of that short and brief history was was, was really special. Eh? Yeah, nice, nice. Because um, I think, yeah, I joined the Monday or Tuesday of that week. Um, so mm. you guys in Bris- uh, in Melbourne and then uh, straight to Singapore. And, yeah, I think that was probably my most memorable as well because – I'd never been in the environment before, and then I just saw young Shane Gates there, just carving it up, and oh, I fell in love. <laughs> Spending all his time at the breakfast buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was dangerous, then. Oh. Do you remember? Do you remember the Singapore breakfast buffet? Oh, I do. I think um, I don't know if you caught me in the act, but one morning I just think I had about twenty-five uh, hash browns and uh, sauce, and young Fumi, the halfback. It might have been the second time where he's just laughing at me and. Uh, yeah, he never let me uh, live that down. Eh? <laughs> no, it was good. It was really, really good. It's a good setup there. Eh? Um, but I guess, uh, yeah, also playing in Japan with the Sunwolves is pretty special with that crowd at Chichibu. Eh? Yeah, the, the fans are awesome, and they they just they they find a way to make it a little bit different from other rugby games that you've been to before. Um, obviously, the Japanese fans are special and unique in their own way. Um, they really put their heart and soul out in, onto the field and make you feel loved and and supported and e- even even after the injury, just the the support I felt and received was yeah it helped a lot actually with uh, with the mental side of things and yeah it was it was great I'm very very thankful for them eh? nice nice and uh, yeah speaking on the injury that was was that against the Chiefs in Hamilton yes oh, yeah 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 um yeah because I think I remember uh. Yeah, it was a big shock, big loss for the boys. Uh, I think, and it was a bit of a shame. That was the game. That was the only game that we won while I was there in the first six weeks. But um, yeah, it was a shame that uh, that kind of happened at the start of it, and you weren't there to 
kind of play the whole 80, but um, how was yeah. it? And yeah, I guess it would have been pretty hard for you uh, the weeks and months following that with all the rehab and stuff, but how did you overcome that? Um, yeah, it was, yeah, so obviously disappointing not to have been a part of the the win, mm-hmm. but I think it was one of the first questions I asked when I woke up. I think the, the coaches were next to the bed and I asked them, did we win? Did we win? And they assured me we did. And I was really, really happy for the guys. It was such a special moment for the team, but it was, it was quite difficult. Um, the, the first surgery was, was in New Zealand, um, and spent, spent four days in the hospital there. Um, rejoined the guys in Auckland because they, they were playing against the blues the following week. And then, um, yeah, so, um, it was a, it was a long process. Um, rehab, rehab took a while. Um, things would sort of stop and start and things weren't really, weren't really feeling like they were, they were progressing really. And then, um, when I came back to, well, sorry, when I was in Japan after about two or three weeks, I, I got a second opinion at one of our doctors here. And, uh, he said that, um, I'm going to have to have another operation on it. Um, um, to do a bone graft because what had happened was they'd put the they'd put the rod um, through the middle of the leg um, with screws and stuff, but there was a there was a quite a big gap between two bones that they like that the doctors here just never felt like was going to touch. Mm-hmm. And if like uh, I I feel a little bit like I, I guess there wasn't too much I could do about it. But looking back at it, if I knew that information I, I would I would just be like yeah you're right because it was it was such a big gap that those two bones were never going to touch or grow or anything so we we had a we we did a bone graft where they where they took bone out of my hip and they they um put it in between there I think that was about just over a month um after after Hamilton yeah and then rehab sort of started again and and you know things were things were looking up and you would have these small victories, you know, every single week, whether it's balancing on one leg or whether it's doing a two-legged box jump on a little height like this or like small little things. And then we hit a bit of a a, a speed bump um, where one of the – so one of the screws that were in, was inserted into the bottom was too long and it was sort of sticking out into my ankle joint, um, which was – pinching quite badly when I would jog. Yeah. So then I had to, so that was, that was so April to October. That was about six months after that. Um, then we decided we'd have another operation oh, wow. to remove those screws. Um, and basically once we, I think once we removed the screws, I think what happened was something might've maybe shifted or something during that process um which just resulted in like instability and and things just weren't things weren't coming together again and um it was another october november december january february yeah about another four or five months of rehab um but things weren't really looking good and um i wasn't making any progress in my rehab i was doing really basic exercises and i couldn't i just couldn't make that next next step there was just too much pain um too much inflammation and and eventually um i started i contacted a couple of you know doctors back home doctors in oz um and 
then even a couple of doctors in America, um, because our team doctor, uh, he worked for a ice hockey team over in America, maybe about yeah. 10 years ago. And he, he still maintains a few relationships with, with, uh, with doctors over there. And he got in touch with them and then eventually grateful to the, to the company, they had paid for a trip for us to go over to go and consult with those doctors. Wow. So we flew to America, uh, in 2000 and 2020, yeah. um, I think it was Feb, uh, maybe March. Um, we'd flown over, we, we flew and then the next day we were in, uh, Pittsburgh and we saw, um, one of the doctors there that works with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, um, and then we, after that, we had driven to Columbus, Ohio, where Koki, our doctor, his, his friend was based and we went and saw trauma surgeons over there, um, just to get second and third opinions on what we should do next. And, um, they had basically, they had basically all said the same thing that the rod, the rod would have to come out, all the screws would have to come out and they'd have to put in a, a thicker rod, yeah. which would be a little bit more stable. Um, and then put both sets of screws back in, in the knee and, and down in the ankle. And then they'd have to, um, oh, what do they re-stimulate the bone or something? I think oh, yeah. they, I think they drill onto the site where it was sort of broken, or they either drill or they chip away a little bit of piece of bone just to tell the body that like, hey, something's happened here, yeah, and it sort of like re-stimulates the recovery process. Or um, so we we came back to Japan and we found a trauma surgeon um, over at um, university, yeah, yeah. Doctor Watanabe, and um, he he basically he did the procedure and that was, I think maybe April, maybe about April, 2020. And, uh, yep. Then the, then the rehab process sort of started again from scratch, but then that was, that was more of, you know, steadily improving and, and things were getting better and, oh, it feels better than it did last week. And, oh, I'm doing this this week where I wasn't doing that. And that was, that was sort of the normal rehab process, which, which probably about, nine months i think um but yeah that that's basically the the really long story i oh, apologize no, 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 that's all right, man. yeah that's, that's um but sorry just to uh um like the actual injury so did you break was it your um bones in your lower leg or yeah i broke the the tibia and the fibula in in yeah both both bones in my leg wow because wow. yeah i just like so many setbacks and stuff and it's pretty much like a year and a half was it of you like not being able to play and it must have been pretty hard mentally but was there anything like you did or learnt uh, to kind of get through that mentally or um, yeah I guess how was that or that process of just kind of having to restart your rehab again going through multiple surgeries and all of that stuff? Oh it was it, it, it was definitely difficult um, there were moments there that got that got that did get very dark um but there was yeah there was more positivity that came out of it i i was i was really lucky to have like the japanese supporters are so lovely and and so kind and they make you feel um worthy and and, and warm and and um i'd actually funny enough um met my current girlfriend probably about four or five months into my injury yeah um her support has been has been great my family and then obviously, you know, people in and around Japan and my company and stuff, I think support was the biggest thing. I mean, 
I definitely had some challenges and went through some moments where my anxiety was was through the roof. You know, I think you naturally, I think, I don't know if any of you guys have been there, but, you know, you ask yourself, are you, are you going to play rugby again? Or if there's a moment in your careers where you guys think like, oh, is this it? Or, you know, what am I going to do? You maybe haven't thought of a plan B or anything like that. So it was, it was a long process and it was difficult. I won't, I won't sugarcoat that. Um, but, you know, I was, I was very lucky to have good support and, and love from a lot of people, which, which definitely carried me through. Like, um, you know, life off the field wasn't as dark, yeah. Um, which definitely got me through. It helped a lot. So. Nice, nice. Man, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're a champion, yeah. You're a champion. No, it's just, uh, you've explained it so well. Like, normally I would, like, ask a few questions after that to kind of get a bit more information out, but your answer was just so perfect. There's nothing to add except just, like, what's no. kare? Well, yeah, what a journey. <laughs> yeah, bro. No, I'm just yeah, yeah. happy to be back, eh? Oh, um, throughout your career, I've seen you've um, been up against a few um, tough opponents. Who would have to be uh, your hardest opponent you've uh, come up against? Ooh, um, you can name a few if you want, or a couple. Yeah, I think I think a, a very a very young and hungry Lamape would be yeah. would be up there. Yeah. I think uh, I think I don't think he was quite in the All Blacks mix yet. I think it was twenty sixteen. Um, I'm not too sure who was actually playing 12 for the Canes at the time, but I think I think Lamape was. I think he might have been the backup centre, and I think they decided to unleash him against the Kings in, <laughs> in uh, 2016. Yeah. So he was he was a difficult um, he was a difficult customer. Ryan Crotty would probably be up there. Yeah. Um, you know, not in terms of a physical battle. I think I think physically. I'd, I, I would, I've always said I'd rather play against the physical player because you know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just whether you sort of front up or not. But like someone like Ryan, you know, he's got good footwork. He's got ball amazing ball, ball skills, decision yeah. making. That those are the things that you that you'd worried about. And I think those those would be two guys that would definitely be up there. Yeah, 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 nice, mate. What an answer, yeah. I guess. Uh, and what about teammates? Like, who's someone that like has really helped you the best, or who's been kind of a memorable teammate uh, off the field and on the field and all that stuff? Um, I definitely would say Isaac Ross mm-hmm. and uh, Billy Brits. Yeah. Um, those those are two guys that have helped me and and guided me through this through this journey in Japan and just made it so much easier. I mean, you know, Isaac is Isaac's a, a good man. He's a, he's he's a family man, but yeah, we've got we've got a really close relationship, down to sort of movie quotes and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> the kind of the, the kind of really annoying conversations that you know when you two are quoting movies, but no one else has seen the movie or they don't understand. Yeah. It's really annoying, but yeah, it's special to have something like that. They've been they've definitely been two that have stood out for me. They've helped me a lot. I made Japan a lot easier. Yes, right. Um, now that you are um, eligible for Japan, is there something that you're working towards too? Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, I'm. It's still a big dream of mine. Um, definitely, part of coming to Japan was hopefully to one day just try and push to to play some international rugby and just have a taste and all that stuff. So definitely, still part of the plan. Still working towards it. And you know, the best thing I can do is hopefully just try and play my best every week and. Just see what happens, yeah. 
Nice, yeah, nice. Nice, man. Um, and yeah, I guess uh, with that, you were talking before about like passport and stuff and wanting to go for your passport, but was that a tough decision to kind of decide you wanted to become like a Japanese citizen or was that quite easy? Oh, it's f- fairly easy. I think um, not just from the rugby field, I think off the field, um, having having now traveled a little bit as a as a south african you've you've got to apply for a visa to go to almost every country yeah and uh those visa processes are 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 quite hectic you so before you like before before i have to go to most places you've got to before the time you've got to book your flights Mm -hmm. um pay for them and everything then you've got to book your accommodation um, so that basically by the time you get to the embassy, you, you, you can tell them, okay, this is the date that I get here. This is the date that I leave. This is where I'm staying. Sometimes they'll ask you for like a little itinerary to say like where you're going to go, what you're oh, going to wow. do. And sometimes I don't, I don't know all those things, but yeah, yeah. just from a travel point of view, I just think it would be, it would be really good because mm-hmm. those visas cost about like 15,000 yen a pop. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. there's no hundred percent guarantee that you're going to get it approved as well. But yeah, I think I think also there is possibly probably a, a good chance that I won't end up living in South Africa one day. Yeah. Um, just just for personal reasons, really, and I think having a Japanese passport will hopefully open a few doors and make things easier. If uh, you know, if I do stay here or if I decide to maybe immigrate to another country, I hope that it'll make that process a little bit easier because it's you know. The South African passport is, you've got a lot of explaining to do after you show someone. Sure, sure. Nice, right? Um, and yeah, again, like we said, uh, it's just so good to see you on the field again this season. You've just been carving it up. Um, but I think you guys uh, got one more game and then you're into the kind of playoffs and knockout stage. But um, how do you guys reckon you'll go with NTT Com uh, this season? Uh, so we've got, we've got Suntory. This weekend, that'll be that'll be that'll be a tough game. They're doing really really well this season. They've gone really well, um, but I think I think a bonus point win for us wouldn't put us into third. Okay, and I think a loss and a loss for Santori won't put them into second. So, yeah. bit of a bit of a game of pride, really. Yeah. Um, but it'll be nice to play against guys like Karevi and and Bowden, and you know, just see the best. To see the best in their in their positions, doing their thing and learning from them. But um, but yeah, and then I think we might we might get at this stage between Rico and potentially Yamaha. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully. I mean, those are those are also two good teams. And obviously, it's I mean, you guys will know that anything can happen in knockout rugby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully we can stay switched on and and. Um, just close off the season well, really. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, I think we'll be joining that league. Uh, hopefully, we got a game next week against, I think, one of the bottom two sides. And if we win that, we'll go into the top 16 and be in the league with you guys. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you in the final. <laughs> oh, no, we'll see you then, brother. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I don't want to uh, take too much of your time, but do any of the boys have any other questions before we go? We asked a few um we asked for some questions on Insta and obviously the star that you are, you've got a lot of influence over here. Um, a lot of questions from the guys over here, a few from a few guys at NTTcom as well, which will hopefully be get some good answers. But yeah, any 
one yeah, one yeah. girl asking a hundred questions doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean too much. It <laughs> doesn't make you. I've got a question, bro. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, bro, um, do you see yourself retiring in Japan? And what's your plan after rugby? Do you think you stay in the rugby scene, or do you have other plans? Um, I I do see myself hopefully retiring in Japan. Um, still a great great country to play in. Um, the season is relatively short compared to other seasons around the world so the body doesn't take too much of a, a battering but um yeah i'd love i would love to retire i think um the longer i can stay here the better um and i think after rugby um i'd like to try my hand in a bit of coaching but i don't think i'll i don't think i'll go professional um i think maybe at a university or a private school or something like that but then maybe on the side look to open a a coffee shop, um, something like that, just something low key, um, and hopefully align that with um, maybe some um, property investment. Um, that's something I'm pretty passionate about and something I'm looking to get into. Um, so yeah, that we'll just see how it all goes. Um, hopefully, after rugby, there's not too much pressure too soon to be like, okay, so I need to go straight into a job. Hopefully, I can just figure things out for a few months and. Yeah take it from there or hopefully have some investments that are hopefully coming off and stuff like that. So that's basically the plan. Nice. Jeez. Wow. Uh, uh, knowing how much coin you're on uh, NTD.com, you'll be able to go off work for about 10 years, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I those, those beans will come straight from the supermarket. 100%. <laughs> that'll be Costco. That'll be Costco in bulk. <laughs> Just with some pretty latte art on the top or something. Nice, nice. The dream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice yeah, bro. Before we head off, bro, I just want to. I think we had a chat during, um, during your time at Sunny's. You know, uh, you know, a lot of um, the boys in Japan think you know you one of the best centers that's played in Japan. You know, um, seen you grow. Where we played against each other when we played you guys at Com. Um, yeah, and I think you're a potential player to to play in the Japan jersey one day and. And I can't wait to see the the new look. Um, I, I think the stand the standard's going to be high. I reckon with the the new uh, players that's coming in, and yeah, I think we're all excited to see where Japan rugby goes. Yeah, see, man. Yeah, oh. yeah. You know, getting pretty emotional behind the mic, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I appreciate that, man. Coming from you, like you know, someone I someone I looked up to, and you know, saw you in the Japan mix, and someone that I wanted to be. I, I appreciate that, man. Really, I do. And thank you for, I mean, I know we, we brushed shoulders when I was at the Sunnies and, you know, you didn't, you didn't have to talk to me and you didn't have to, you didn't have to be that sweet, handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I remember you, you pulling me aside and just telling me to keep doing what I was doing and, and all that stuff. It meant a lot to me, man. I, I really appreciate that, bro. Nah, sweet ass brother. You're a good bloke, mate. Yeah. Oh, I he to. does that to me over here, bro. Oh, I started up at Cola. This fellow's just welcomed me in with open arms. Oh, he is. Good bloke. He's too nice, bro. Yeah. Too nice. I so tried to. One of those nice guys. Guys, you're going to make me cry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nice. Uh, but yeah, like we said, we've got a few uh, questions on the gram that, uh, if you don't mind, we'll get into those. And Not at all. Oh, nice, nice. I think one of them, the first one was uh, one that we've kind of already answered, but it was, uh, one second, I just want to get the wording right, so don't, uh, you know, make our three fans angry, um, but one second. Josh being two of them. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I don't count Josh as a fan because uh, he um, some of his questions were playing up. I think. Oh, here we go. Yeah, any chance we'll be seeing him uh, wearing the cherry and white jersey this year or in the near future? And you kind of answered that a bit, but uh, yeah, how would what would that mean to be able to wear that jersey? Oh, it'll be the epitome, I guess. I guess what what a lot of rugby players would like to do at some stage is definitely what what I want to do. So I'll. Like I said, I'll just keep doing my best and hopefully play some good rugby. And, and um, yeah, if it happens, it happens. Um, but I'll just try and focus week in and week out to, to try and play well and do my best. And, yeah, but I hope so. I do really hope so. That's nice. something I really want to do. Um, I don't know, like, how it works over here, but, like, uh, guys like you who are kind of in the mix, do you get kind of messages or talks from any of the guys in the Japan team, like, about... Uh, any work-ons or anything, or how does it work over here? Do you know? Um, I haven't. I haven't received it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe it's something that's possibly passed on to coaches that yeah, yeah. that indirectly is maybe passed on to you, but um, not as of yet. I'm sure they they are pretty busy yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> to trying to keep tabs on a lot of players. So I'm pretty sure they they've got better things to do. <laughs> I think they're sending a work on to Toops Weekly, eh? So uh, <laughs> keeps them telling busy. me to retire, mate. That's what they're telling me to do. <laughs> but nah, sure. Um, and then we better get one from Josh out of the way early. But uh, he said, uh, have you got any tips on how to identify the difference between avocado and wasabi? Uh, one of them's got a massive pip in it. Oh, yeah. And the other one will probably be next to your onigiris. Nice, nice. Um, um, is there a story behind this or? Oh, wasabi and avocado. It might have it might have had something to do with a golf tour. Um, that had something to do with. Let's see how brave you are. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if you're. Let's see if you're really Japanese. Um, at, I'm not going to say whether it was a big spoon or a wooden spoon. Or how much how much of the wasabi it was, but I think it's got something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much as much as yeah. So you, you would have eaten it like as guacamole, basically, basically, oh, just nice, to nice. prove to prove that we're Japanese and yeah, we're yeah. tough. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a Japanese person do that either. But uh, yeah, differently, uh, it, differently. It wasn't, it wasn't clever. If anything, it proved that we're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. Uh, and one another question uh what was the biggest the hardest thing you found about coming to japan um honestly probably just you know not being not being able to read to read anything or understand what it says even something as simple as a supermarket or you know turn left here or um anything like that i think i think that was that was probably the biggest scare yep. just sort of looking around not being able to understand anything that was going on around you but yeah that disappeared pretty quickly um the japanese people were, were super kind and helpful and all you have to do is ask really and they were they were more than willing to lend a hand nice nice um and yeah so just keep going through them uh next one is there's a lot of talk uh everyone over here their probably favourite foreign player is Laidlaw, uh, who's joined your team this year. But yeah. as crucial, what was it like? What's it like playing with him? And um, yeah, how is he as a person on and off the field? Uh, absolute professional. 
Um, probably your your textbook scrum off Jack Russell sort of like feisty <laughs> attitude. Uh, whether that's on the field, whether it's on the golf course, he's just a he's a competitive man that is constantly just wanting to get better and demands a lot, which raises which raises the bar. But no, he's a he's a very very good person. Um, brings out the best in a lot of people. But uh, yeah, really competitive. Nice, very nice. Um, and I guess you starting off as a halfback, you probably would have taught him a few things this year as well, eh? Uh, just a, a couple of, you know, he's he's not as strong on his left yeah. as I am, maybe, <laughs> especially with his boxes, mm-hmm. box kicks and things like that. But, you know, no one is perfect. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just something we're working on, you know, yeah, something yeah. we're working on. Nice, bro. Jeez. Uh, you'll, you'll make a great coach, I think. <laughs> <laughs> just point out their flaws and yeah, yeah. <laughs> dig them through the ground. <laughs> but nice. Um, and then another, what would you tell, like, what advice would you give a young Shane Gates? It's a great question. Oh, very cliche, but just reach for the stars, man. Nice. Like, nothing is impossible. Um, yeah, I, d- I, d- I didn't think that I would be a professional rugby player. Um, I, I never thought that I would be good enough to play in Japan. But I think a lot of people bring themselves down and lower themselves a little bit. Um just reach for the stars, have confidence, and believe that anything can happen. Nice. Well, strong advice, man. Jeez. Nice, very nice. Uh, yeah, just all your answers just been so, you know, so there's nothing to add on. And mm-hmm. just uh, makes me feel inadequate as a you know host. I can't add anything on because you've answered it so perfectly. <laughs> but, yeah, nice, bro. Uh, we'll go oh, – I've got one more from Josh. Better, otherwise he'll uh, start hassling me about why he didn't answer his ask his questions. But he said, um, "Ask when your new PS Five is arriving." Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I was I was uh, I was scrolling through Facebook about maybe a month ago, and I uh, <laughs> I saw this advert for a, a page selling PlayStation Fives, but only in Japan. Yeah. Like strictly in Japan, so that's probably that's probably the part that got me. I was like, "Oh, nothing bad happens in Japan. Like, yeah. surely it's a local <laughs> Japanese uh, man or woman. Like, nothing's gonna go wrong." Oh my goodness, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I was having a bad day or something, but this this just sucked me in. I went straight in there, um, started chatting with this person. I was like, "Nah, this is fake. Like, come on, like." Then started sending me photos of, of, of like people opening up. So like opening up their boxes, like a photo of him, like took a video of his like Japanese residence card. Yeah. Um, but like looking back, like the, the light was just shining onto the residence card. Ah, so you yeah. couldn't actually read it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I basically just fell hook, line and sinker and got swindled out of like <laughs> 50,000 yen because I thought I was buying a PlayStation on <laughs> On Facebook, oh, and then like the gist of it is, I had to like um, my girlfriend was just on my case, so she made me go to the police station to like lodge a complaint or a report or something. But knowing that, I mean, this was like a cyber hack, and these I think these guys ended up being in the Philippines and stuff. And I I knew that there wasn't much that maybe the police could do, so 
that is an hour and a half or two that I'm never going to get back. <laughs> and and um, I also had to like um, ask Josh to please phone the Google Play yeah. store for me to maybe try and get a refund somewhere. And oh, he just, <laughs> I think he, he wanted to laugh at me, but he's too much of a nice guy, you know. <laughs> but uh, luckily, luckily, it's something I can look back now and laugh and just be like, oh, just don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, I think um, he is too nice, so he had to get me to ask you uh, to get the story. But uh, I think everyone's been there, you know, especially with things like the PlayStation 5, things that are hard to get. You see a deal and you just got to go for it, you know? No, well, you get set in your ways and you, you think that the world is kind and you think that everyone is nice and <laughs> all that stuff. And sometimes it just reminds you of the opposite. But, uh, no, nah, it's... It's something I can look back and laugh about now, thankfully. Nice. Uh, nice. Uh, okay, we'll go one last question. Last question. Uh, what has been your favorite memory in your time in Japan? Ooh. Apart from all the, you know, time you spent with me, I guess. Um, no, 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 of course. Like, but that's, you know, that's that's a story for another day. Yeah, it's too obvious, yeah. I don't think you, you don't have that much time as well. Eh? <laughs> um Ooh, that is so difficult. I think um, I think uh, snowboarding might have been up there. Mm-hmm. Um, had a really nice snowboarding trip with a couple of my mates about three years ago after a season, and it had been a really, really good season and um, for the team. And I was I was I was lucky enough to have just signed a, a contract extension, so I was on top of the world and grateful. And um, yeah, and I think it's the first time I'd ever snowboarded and the first time I'd ever seen snow as well. Um, so that, that, that'd probably be up there as well, but loads of memories, just a lot of, a lot of meeting new people, um, traveling, all that sort of stuff. Everything's just been unreal. So to pick out one moment would be, would be really, really difficult. But I think that's one of the first ones I think that maybe, maybe spring to mind. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I guess, um, just so many things that happen over here that, just complete different to back home and uh, wherever your mm-hmm. home is, I guess. So, uh, yeah, but I guess, uh, thanks again for coming on. Like I keep saying, we're going to keep this short and, uh, <laughs> just, you got so many good stories that I want to ask and, uh, just keep extending it. But I am, uh, with every guest that we've got, we always ask them the same few questions. Uh, and if you don't mind, we'll just quickly ask you those before you go. Um, 100%. Oh, yeah, Shoot. First one is, uh, what is your favorite Japanese food or meal? Oh, my favorite, probably sushi. Yeah. yeah. Local sushi shop just here in Shinaraisu. I've developed quite a good relationship with them. And I think they, they know exactly when, when I phone as well, because it's quite a, quite a big order. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> usually end up just being for one, but they end up putting about five or six sets of chopsticks in there. <laughs> and thing. But no, no, definitely sushi. Nice. Um, oh, your Japanese must be, you know, pretty up there if you can order on the phone. That's a pretty big skill if you can't, like, use your hand gestures and stuff, eh? mm. Oh, a little bit, yeah. I, just priorities, you know, just <laughs> priorities with <laughs> with food and things like that. Yeah, extra with, wasabi, extra ginger, nice. all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, when you get yeah. hungry, your Japanese becomes fluent, eh? Oh, definitely. <laughs> nice, right? Um, and then what's one food you miss from back home? Uh, Biltong. Oh yeah, yeah. I've, have you guys had biltong before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, love it, I, love it. I miss it, man. I usually 
don't know if I should say, but when I when I come back when I come back from South Africa, I try and smuggle yeah. some in. I don't think it's legal, but um, usually just wrap it in a wrap about a kilo or two in a in a bag straight from the butcher. Yeah. Just put them in the big bag under the under the under the clothes, and then yeah, just try and distract the security or something like that. <laughs> With talk about NTT or talk about. <laughs> Something like that, and hopefully they don't they don't open up the bag. So far, it's worked, but uh, yeah, I miss it. It's been a while. Well, um, I think this podcast is the most popular podcast with all the security at uh, Narita. So <laughs> get, yeah, stop. you might be in trouble. Oh, thank now, thank goodness I'm flying to Narita. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, I'm always always Narita. <laughs> but yeah, um, I uh, I hadn't had it before, but. We had a guy um, who was from New Zealand, but I was originally South African. Reggie Goods is one of our coaches here, and he gave me some. And it was amazing, eh? Um, I think he used no, to good. like make his own as well. But yeah, I think I mean, if I really had the work ethic, mm-hmm. I could probably make it here. But um, yeah, it's a whole it's a whole process. I think it takes about maybe two days or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. But, but yeah, I'd, I'd rather buy it. I'd rather buy it. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Just for um, anyone watching who or listening who maybe has never heard of it before, um, what is it and how do you make it? I think to, I think the closest thing that maybe your Japanese listeners can relate to is potentially beef jerky. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that is sold in in convenies and supermarkets and stuff, but yeah. um, I guess it would be beef jerky, but um, not as dried. Mm-hmm. Um, I think beef jerky is dried for a longer period of time, whereas I think um, so. It's, it's, it'll be a piece of meat, or I think mostly the sirloin that is um, sort of dried over the like it is spiced and dried over maybe a day or two. Yeah. Um, just enough where it still has that meaty sort of texture, but spiced. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think. Pretty close to beef jerky, but at the same time, nothing like it. Yeah, nice. It sounds like uh, learning Japanese, you know. It's really easy, <laughs> but it's the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. But nice, bro. Um, and then just lastly, every week we teach our listeners a bit of Japanese. We give them a phrase or a word. But uh, what's, like, I guess your favorite Japanese word or phrase or something that you learned early that you think uh, the listeners would find helpful? Oh, jeez. Damn it! Now I'm just thinking about Josh. <laughs> all the all the all the one-liners he uses in Rapongi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rapongi dangerous. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's like the party district in Tokyo. Eh? Oh, <laughs> Josh um, loves it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can be like it doesn't have to be an easy thing. Um, we do one every week, so we've kind of gone through the real simple words. But if there's just something that comes to mind, like maybe your favorite phrase or word or something. Uh probably skin on the Oh yeah, skin under all. Uh, do you boys know what I mean? You like me? Yeah. You like me, don't you? Kind of thing. Like, uh, I think the way, yeah, like you like what you see or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe, maybe not appropriate. But <laughs> um, you guys can uh, use it, uh, you know, to your coaches. Like after you score a try, maybe. But I think you would have learned that off Josh uh, in the nightclubs and stuff. Maybe. Yeah? How do you spell? Hundred oh, percent. Never used it. Oh, yeah. I just I think I just use it on the I just use it on the Japanese guys to make them laugh every now and then. But <laughs> that that is one of my that's one of my favorite ones. Nice. Uh yes, yeah. Kinandaro. If you wanna come out here and you're 
looking for, you know, to make a special connection with someone and you want to look confident, uh, use that one. Uh, I've heard Billy uh, Toops use it every week, oh, I think. so. He is. <laughs> but he always says it in English yeah. Yeah, to the... Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, thanks again, uh, Shane, Katie. Um, we've taken a lot of your time, but uh, good luck. Yeah. I guess this week you got a big game against Santori and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing you carve up and yeah, continue your journey over here in Japan. No, listen, I really, really appreciate it. I'm sorry if my answers took up a lot of your time. Uh, yeah, but no, I, I appreciate um, you guys having me and appreciate everything. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. Thank you so much. Nice. Um, anything you guys want to ask him or anything you want to ask us, Gatesy? Oh, just how Fukuoka is treating you boys. The weather's getting good. Oh, yeah, right. It's beautiful yeah, today. She's up at the moment, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's quite heading to the beach. She's too. on and off. Like yesterday was cold. Today was quite warm. Yeah, yeah. And we're yeah, yeah we're oh. pretty close to the beach. Beach is just uh, out the back. Uh, what five minute ride or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's back oh, out. There. That is lovely. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. have to come down to Coca and join the gang. I have to. It's it's one of the places I haven't been um, in Japan is Fukuoka, and everyone just always speaks so highly of it, and a lot of a lot of our boys. You know, grew up there and went to school there, and I always say it's awesome and something I'd really love to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, on the off season, uh, you have to come down. Uh, hopefully, all that travel and stuff opens up a bit uh, with the uh, Rona. It's been a pretty interesting, you know, year and a bit, I guess. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's good to see you're healthy and doing well. And uh, yeah, well, like we said, we'll see you. I think what May twenty third for the final. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I think so. Nice, no, thank no, you. For sure. We've Thanks remembered so much, uh, We know when the final is because we know we'll be there. Eh? Uh, just <laughs> got to beat, what, eight top league teams or something and we'll be there. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be awesome. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it, man. It's awesome, awesome, awesome to have you, bro. Yeah. And, uh, and thanks again, boys. Uh, we had a break, like we said last week, but good to be back. Good to see you, boys. Uh, in the setting, we see you on the field, but it's good it's to good see to you guys back. laid back. And yeah. yeah, we got our game, no game this week for us. So we can just watch NTT Com against Santori, a blockbuster, yeah. watch a few of the other games and just, I guess, have a che- few cheeky brews and watch them uh, bash each other. Eh? So, yeah. Yeah. All the best, mate. Good luck. Yeah. Take care, brother. Shadies. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.